Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13. Galatians 3 and 13. Amen. Amen. The Lord has recently um, led me to the book of Luke. And um, it's, uh, I don't know how to say it other than I'm hearing it in a way I've never heard it before. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit is really emphasizing as, as I'm going through the book of Luke is, is the way Jesus ministered to people. And for instance, he, he would say, um, woman, you are healed. Amen. And I don't know if I can, because I believe it's ultimately the Holy Spirit that helps us connect with these things, but it's like what the Holy Spirit is showing me this time is that Jesus was basically telling her something that was already true, but that she wasn't aware of. We, we sometimes hear it like, you know, almost like some big, woman, you are healed, you know. I think it was more like, hey, ma'am, you do know that you're healed, right? You're, you are healed. You, you are healed, like, like you're healed. So, sir, you're healed, so why don't you take that bed that you've been pinned to and carry it home with you? Give it to somebody if you want to because you are healed and you don't need it anymore. In other words, he was announcing. He was announcing a reality from his world and bringing it to pass in ours. See, I don't want to offend anybody this morning right out of the bat, right out, right out of the gate this morning, right off the start this morning. But, but see, I'm, I'm not one of these believers that, you know, people talk about, well, you know, the... They receive the ultimate healing. Talking about when somebody dies from a sickness. My friend, could we please, could, could, we, could, could, could we please not dilute and trivialize healing in that way? Obviously, the person that, that died of some sickness or disease, they left a, a, a body, right? They left it. That body was sick and now death is separation. They're separated from it. Okay, when, 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 when Lazarus became sick and died, right, Jesus called his spirit back into his body, healed him of the sickness that killed him, and then restored the decay in his body. All right. So, but, amen. I, I, see, we... The, it, the enemies behind this, he, he doesn't want words to mean anything to us. And, and so he tries to water these things down and, and, and dilute these things. And, and, and so if someone, this is where I was trying to go with that before I hit that nerve in my own heart there, I guess. But um, if, is there anybody sick in heaven this morning? I mean, not even a hangnail, runny nose, 
Anybody even got a scratchy throat in heaven? Anybody in heaven feel like they might be coming down with something? So see, everybody in heaven is healed this morning. Okay. So what Jesus was doing is Jesus was, was introducing the reality of heaven here upon the earth. That's why he taught us to pray after this manner. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, that woman that Jesus said you are healed, if she died of that and, and went to heaven, she wouldn't be sick in heaven. Okay. But when we talk about receiving healing, if she died, she'd have left a body that was still sick. Healing is when we, receiving healing in this life is when we tap into the supernatural power of heaven and it, and it reverses whatever was wrong in that, in that body. And, 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 and healing comes. Amen. Tonight, I, I know of one testimony you're going to hear of an absolute miracle. An absolute miracle. Amen. And it's an awesome one. Praise God. I'll just I'm encouraging you to be here. Amen. So he, he would just simply tell them. Now watch this. They would have to believe it when he told them. See, that's, that's where faith... The, the gospels and, and the earthly ministry of Jesus... Is, it is chock full of faith. It's just sometimes we, it's seamless. We, we don't see the faith. You have to look and let the Holy Spirit show you the faith. But when, see, when, when Jesus looked at that woman and said, you, you, are, you are loosed. One lady, she couldn't stand up straight for 18 years. Can you imagine how painful that must have been? I cleaned out an attic over the weekend, and I, I am not the right size for attics. Let's just say that, okay? Um, and, you know, you walk around for about an hour like this, you know, trying to get stuff and that sort of thing. She walked around like that for 18 years. And the religious crowd is just sitting back hoping that he'll heal her because it happened to be the Sabbath, so they'd have something to accuse him of. And Jesus healed her. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You are. And when he said she was, guess what? She was. And she stood up straight for the first time in 18 years. Can you imagine how good that felt? You know, like you sleep on your right side and all of a sudden that arm kind of gets stiff and all of a sudden you roll over and that other side of the pillow is cooler and you're on that... It just feels good, right? Get off that arm. Right? You imagine how good that felt for her to stand up straight first time in 18 years. And they said, are you going to heal her on the Sabbath? And Jesus said, you hypocrites. There's not a one of you standing here looking down your nose at me that don't unloose your animal on the Sabbath and walk him over to the trough to get some water. If you're going to loose your animal on the Sabbath to get some water, how much more should this daughter of Abraham be loosed from her infirmity on the Sabbath, right? And that's a whole other sermon in itself right there. But see, 
Jesus is saying, hey, this is, this, is, this is justice for this woman. She has a covenant. Amen. Now, I'm saying all this to say this is what I'm trying to get to. If you look at the earthly ministry of Jesus, Jesus would just tell people, you know, you are this, you are that, you are loosed, you are healed, you are, you are free, right? Do you realize what he said to you this morning? He, he said, among other things, he has said, you are blessed. He announced it. He announced it. Amen. Now, I got so many notes. I got notes to keep up with notes. Let me just talk to you for a minute and we'll get to the notes, okay? There are so many different sermons you can preach from the Word of God on the subject of, of God's blessing, okay? As I've told you again and again, I'll keep telling you, that's another one of those subjects that the enemy has, has so diluted and so um, misrepresented. The average Christian thinks of, of, the, of the blessing as something you say over, a, over your food, you know, and kind of quiet and quick if you're in a restaurant in public or something you say after somebody sneezes. And what we see instead is that the blessing is empowerment from heaven that comes upon a man or a woman to enable and empower that man or woman to do what they could otherwise not do. It's, 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 it's superpowers, it's special forces. God commanded his blessing upon their crops in the sixth year and by him commanding his blessing on that one year's crops, it produced harvest for three years. Three years worth of food came from one season of growing because God again commanded his blessing. And so we see that, that Father created you and me to be blessed. Adam and Eve sinned and exposed us to and brought us underneath a curse. It was, never, it was never Father's will for you to be cursed, for me to be cursed. We were created for blessing. We were created to be blessed. Amen. Amen. And if you're born again this morning, you are blessed. Now, we've got to believe that. We said last week that the mistake many people make is they determine whether or not they're blessed by the circumstances in their life. If things are going their way, they talk about how blessed they are, but then when things don't seem to be going their way and there's challenges and symptoms and circumstances in opposition, then, you know, we may not necessarily say we're cursed, but we do it by complaining. But again, if our faith in the blessing upon our lives rises and falls with our circumstances and situations and symptoms, then my brother, my sister, our faith is in the wrong place. Faith in the blessing, we said, was an eternal state of being. Now, I'm not going to quite get to all this this morning, but 
what we see in Numbers 23 is in a, and that's Old Testament, my friend. If it's true in the Old Testament, how much more under this new and better covenant? But what we see in the Old Testament is simply this that what God has blessed cannot be cursed. What God has blessed cannot be cursed. This is why it's so important for you to understand what the Bible says about you being blessed. Because you have an enemy who will try to put symptoms of the curse on you. And if you don't know that you're blessed, you're very likely to accept those symptoms of that curse. But if you know that you're blessed, if you believe that you're blessed, and now symptoms of the curse start trying to come lack and sickness and, and, and emotional and mental uh, depression and things of this nature, right? Listen, all of those things are a part of the curse. All of those things came because of the curse. None of that's in heaven this morning because there is no curse in heaven. There's no darkness in heaven. None of that exists in heaven because there's no devil in heaven. Jesus poured his blood out on the very spot of the altar where, where Lucifer, when he was, before he was a fallen archangel wannabe, there was a place he stood and he, and he worshiped God. But even Jesus has redeemed and purified that spot in heaven. He poured his blood out on that altar where the devil himself, before he fell, used to stand. There's no devil in heaven, there's no sin in heaven, there's no curse in heaven. It's, it's only blessing, wild to wild blessing. See, now we're here on the earth as God's people. We have the blessing, but we live amongst a cursed planet. And the enemy will try, listen to me please, he will try to put symptoms of that curse upon you. And if you don't know you're blessed, you're liable to re receive those. I've even heard people call a curse a blessing. Where people say crazy things like, I thank God for, and then, then some, some curse, some part of the curse. And the devil's sitting back laughing. My friend, never is a curse a blessing. Never is anything that has anything to do with the curse a blessing. I thank God for my car wreck. No, please. Please. Thank God that he saved you alive. Thank God that he healed your body. Thank God that it wasn't worse than it could have been. But listen, my friend, there's, there's no blessing about that. God can bring good out of what the devil meant for destruction. But don't make the mistake of calling a curse a blessing. That's what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to confuse you. He's trying to, to, to bait and switch you. He's trying to slip the curse in on you and make you think it's from God and somehow it's a blessing in disguise. You've got to know that you're blessed. And you've got to know that you've been blessed by God. And you've got to know why you're blessed. And you've got to know that because you're blessed, it's not, it has nothing to do with circumstances, situations, conditions. You're blessed because Jesus became a curse for you so that the blessing of Abraham might now come upon you. And my friend, you have been blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed. Jesus came to bless you. Amen. So now when that scratchy throat comes, 
against you. This is when you need to rise up in faith. Hold on a second, devil. You can't curse what God has blessed. You, you can't do this. Now this is, I'm straying over into Wednesday night now. We're going to get, oh my Lord Jesus, if you can't be on Wednesday night, please, please listen to these things on, online or get the CDs or watch the videos. But listen to me now. I'm, this, is, this is so simple, but don't miss it, all right? The devil knows. He's trying to figure out if you know. The devil knows you're blessed. He's just not sure you know you're blessed. The devil knows because Father God has drawn a circle around you and called you his own. The blessing on your life, if you could see into the realm of the Spirit, my friend, God has marked those who are his and the blessing upon you is visible in the Spirit realm. The devil knows you're blessed. He just doesn't know that you know you're blessed. So he'll just kind of slip a little symptom in on you and just see if you're going to... See, they don't know. They think poverty is still theirs. They think, they think that depression is still theirs. They, they think that, that, that this fear and sickness, they think it's, it's theirs. Again, he knows you're blessed. He's just trying to figure out if you know you're blessed. And at the slightest... At the slightest hint, I'm talking about at the, at the first sniff of something from the curse trying to come against you or your home or your family, you need to rise up in faith and say, hey, uh, not today. No, sir. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And what God has blessed cannot be cursed. Whew. Praise God. Praise the name of the living God. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, what I'm wanting to do this morning, and, and it'll probably carry over in the next, to next Sunday as well, is I want to give you some biblical roots, some biblical foundation to support the truth statement that you are blessed. The Bible says it this way, faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. See, even, even saying we're blessed, if we're not careful, becomes some trivial thing that we say in response to, a, to someone greeting us. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed. Without any understanding of what it is that we're saying. Again, it just becomes... I'm not saying that we shouldn't say that, but remember there's, there's, a, there's a thing called an idle word. 
An idle word is, is a word that has, that it's hollow, it's empty. It's just something that somebody says. There's, there's no real meaning. There's no, there's no real emphasis. There's no real understanding behind it. We just say it because it's what other people say. My prayer is if, if you're one like me that, 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 that often responds when people ask you how you're doing and you say you're blessed, that, that we will begin to really pause, if, if it's just for a second or two, to really consider, man, I am blessed, and this is why I'm blessed. I'm blessed, number one, because I was cursed, but I'm not cursed anymore because Jesus became a curse for me so that I can now be blessed. Here's what I'm saying here. It's, 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 it's similar to, and I know, again, I'm not telling you to, to, to not tell people that Jesus loves them, but if, if we're not careful, it just becomes a cliche. It just becomes rote. It just becomes something that we say without any real meaning or, or any real uh, uh, substance to the Word. Remember, the seven sons of a priest named Sceva. Sceva was the last name. Family Sceva, right? He had seven sons, and they were going to cast a devil out of a, out of a, out of a man who was demonically possessed. And they said, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Well, they had to write words, but they were empty. They, 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 had, they, they carried no weight. They carried no substance because they really were clueless when it came to what those words really meant and why they had seen Paul cast out devils by using the name of Jesus. So do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm trying to use that as, as an example. Where we do, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, blessed and highly favored, blessed and highly favored, right? Okay, yes you are, but don't let the devil rob you of the weight and substance of what it means to be blessed and to be highly favored by God. And one way you can, thank you Holy Spirit, one way you can know whether or not it's just something you say or something that you really mean is when all of a sudden the enemy starts trying to slip a little curse in on you. Or do you say you're blessed then? Do you say you're blessed when you can't even feel like you're going to be able to get out of bed? Is your body's hurting? See that? Amen. So he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. He did it by becoming a curse for us. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. Now, I want to show you another verse this morning. And it's a little further down in my notes. I'll tell you what, let me do this, and then I'll show you that one. Let's go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 26. I'm going to put it on the screen, but I want you to, I want you to turn there because I want you to see this, maybe even mark this verse in your, in your Bible. So, anybody in the room born again this morning? Receive salvation this morning. Okay, Amen. Now, what I want you to see is how deliberately the Scriptures connect 
you receiving salvation with God now being able to bless you. Let, let me... I'll show it to you in just a moment, but let me just talk for a minute and I'll show it to you in the Scriptures. I want you to get the, the, the bigger picture here, okay? You were created by God for the blessing. You were created, let me say it another way, you were created to be blessed. Amen. Amen. You were wired for it. We were talking about this in Ephesians class this morning. Generosity, Chuck used this word, it's our, it's our default programming. We, we were wired for generosity. Amen. Think about how being stingy and selfish makes you feel versus how being generous and loving and giving makes you feel. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a big proponent of feelings, but I'm talking about something deeper even than, than the soulish realm. It, it, it strikes a chord in the, in the depths of your being both ways. A wrong chord is struck when you're selfish and fearful and stingy, and a right chord is struck when, when you're giving and kind and, and generous, helpful, serving. Am I right about it? So in the same way that you were created for one and not the other, you were created for the blessing and not for the curse. Father's intention from before the beginning. In other words, before he ever created Adam and Eve, he had already decided. And we looked at this already in Ephesians 1. He had already made up his mind. He didn't consult anyone outside of the Godhead. This was something that God determined before he created us. And he created us with the idea of our being blessed by him. Anybody in here have children? Right? A lot of you do. Okay. Anyone in here who has a child understands the heart of our Heavenly Father to some extent in the sense that you want your children to be blessed. Now it's, a, it's another generation for me. It's not just that I want my son and my daughter and my son-in-law to be blessed. Now I have a grandson. That I, 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 in other words, it, it, in other words, it doesn't, it doesn't get less with a new generation. For those of you who haven't had the grandchildren yet, just trust me, it intensifies. Let me say it another way: If you think you want your children to be blessed, wait till your children have children. And I don't just mean with financial stuff. I mean spiritually, mentally, and all of that, right? If you never wanted your kids to be sick, why do you have grandkids? 
I don't, I'm not sure what that is other than it's just a God thing. But the desire intensifies now. You want it even more so for them. Again, we're tapping into how, how our created the image and likeness of God, created to look like he looks and to function the way he functions. But what I want to take the time to show you is that blessing and our salvation are not separate subjects, but they are inherently, intrinsically connected together by God in the Scriptures. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 26. To you first, God, having raised up His servant Jesus, sent Him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Now, if you're, if you're wondering what's going on here, Peter and John have just <clears throat> ministered healing to um, a well-known, long-term beggar, a lame man's crippled, who um, had, in those days, they would have a permit um, to ask uh, for alms. Uh, and, and he was located by uh, the temple gate called Beautiful. And so this would have been someone that they would have passed by on many occasions, probably had given him money in the past. And now on this day, they asked for money and they didn't have any, but they said, what we do have, we will give you in, in the name of Jesus. And they, they pulled him up and, and he received healing. Now, this was an undeniable miracle because, again, folks knew this man. This man was well known. He had sat in that spot for years, perhaps decades. And now he was uh, leaping and jumping and praising God. So this created no small stir. So when Peter and John were called on the carpet, so to speak, they used the opportunity to preach a sermon. And they talk about Jesus and how he was crucified, but it was faith in Jesus' name that had given this man his perfect soundness and healing in his body. And so they... Um, went on, and again, I'm not going to try to go through this whole sermon. We're running out of time since we're going to be doing communion. But when it says, uh, well, praise God, verse 25, you are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed shall all the families, uh, in, in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed to you first. So, well, I was giving you this background so you would understand. They were talking to a Jewish audience, a Hebrew audience. And we know that Jesus was sent first to the Jewish people and then to the other people groups, the other nations. So to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him, now again, we would be correct to say sent him to save you. 
sent him to forgive you, sent him to heal you. Certainly Jesus came to do all of these things. But notice here the Holy Spirit is emphasizing that Jesus was sent to us by the Father specifically to bless us. Jesus has come to do many things for you. And one of the things Jesus has come to do for you is He has come to bless you. Let me say it another way. He has blessed me. Jesus has blessed me. If you read those Gospels very carefully, you would see that there were times when Jesus would pull a child up in his lap and the Bible says he would bless him. Amen. He would bless that child. Now, see, again, we think Jesus maybe just patted him on the head and said, you know, be a good boy and make good grades and help your mom. You know, that's not what this means. When Jesus blessed that child, I would love, I believe one day in heaven we'll get to see all those children that Jesus blessed. Some of us are probably here today born again because of those kids that he blessed. What they did and what they accomplished in life. Jesus came to bless you. Singers, musicians, if you would, please come. Was he sent to save us? Yes. But the same Jesus that came to save us came to bless us. Notice, in turning away every one of you from your iniquities, Isaiah's prophecy, where we see so much about him becoming a curse for us, Isaiah says that we all turned our own way, and the Lord laid upon him what the iniquity of us all. Now Jesus came to bless us. How did he bless us? According to Galatians 3, he blessed us by first of all becoming a curse for us. He came under the curse that had us pinned down. He lifted it off of us and he carried it away. But we, let me, say, let me try to say this another way. And I think this is where a lot of folks, their faith ends right there. In other words, they believe that they've been forgiven. They believe that Jesus took their sin and, and bore it on the cross and, and because he paid the penalty and redeemed them from their sin that, that they've, you know, now get to go to heaven one day when they die. All of that's true. Listen to me now. All that's true. But it doesn't just say in Galatians 3 that he redeemed you from, the, the, from sin. Did he redeem us from sin? You better know he did. But he doesn't just say he redeemed you from sin. It says he redeemed you from the curse right? Deemed you from the curse. This is speaking of the consequences of sin. Okay. Now notice, so there are people who, Matt, they, they believe he's redeemed us from sin. And then you've got some folks that dare to believe that we've been redeemed from the consequences of sin. Right? Right? Well, you know, Pastor Mark, you reap what you sow. Not if somebody reaped it for you. Well, I made my bed, I got to lay in it. Not if somebody laid in it for you. I made my bed in hell and Jesus went and laid in that bed for me. That's good. Amen. Right? So now, <clears throat> he redeemed me from sin, yes. He redeemed me from the consequences of sin, yes. 
But that's not where it ends. He did the first two so that He could bless us. Amen. So that we could be blessed. Amen. Amen. Those who are serving communion, if you would come, please. Amen. Amen. If you would come, please. Are you getting anything out of this? So as we partake of communion together this morning, we're going to be obviously following Jesus' instructions to remember His body that was broken for our redemption, His blood that was shed for our redemption, our salvation. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would, would continue to help us join together these two things, that, that, that our salvation is more than the forgiveness of sins. It's even more than Jesus taking the consequences of our sins. But He became a curse so that we could be blessed and that ultimately Jesus came to bless you. And if, see, listen, I'm thankful for other people in our lives and you have the capacity to bless other people. But man, but, but my friend, when you've been blessed by Jesus, see this, he's God, right? What God has blessed can no longer be cursed, can no longer be cursed. Amen. Father, as we come to this very important time. We humble our hearts before you, sir, and we, we, we purpose now to receive intentionally, deliberately, with meaning, Father. Lord, we, we, we talked earlier about just saying things that really don't carry any weight, and Lord, in the same way, we can do things. We can go through the motions. Father, may no one in this room just go through the motions in receiving this uh, communion emblems and partaking of them today. But Father, with your Holy Spirit's help, may we understand the, the, the gravity, the, the, the meaning, the, the, the weight, the weightiness. Lord, may this carry weight with us today as we obey Jesus, as we partake together. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're a guest with us, we would love for you to partake of communion together. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you're a member of us and we're a member of you. If you receive your emblems first, if you would, please hold them until everyone has been served and then we'll partake together. And I ask that you just remain in a, in a worshipful attitude there. They're going to lead us in some worship um, while everyone's being served. Amen.